Welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. The LDP, the Liberal Democratic Party, the party that is in power today, is seen more and more frequently as days pass and as we get closer to the upper house election, offering olive branches to various portions of Japanese society. The elderly, single mothers, the disabled, people who are living by themselves out in the, the outskirts of the major cities who need lots of care. There's a lot of dynamics going on here. You can see this every day that the LDP is trying to prepare itself to get more and more voters. Michael Chuchek joins me once again. Michael, the LDP can be seen right now actively courting voters in a lot of different ways, and we can see this thing really starting to build momentum. This is really a very peculiar, if you look at it in a rational way, to go about politics. It's a really a peculiar method because the LDP is so far ahead of its opponents it really doesn't have to be the big tent party. Mm -hmm. It has machine voters that will vote for it over and over again, and that's about 40% of the electorate that's ready to vote for it. That's 10, you know, that's versus 10% for the main opposition party, the DPJ. It will absolutely trample the opposition. So who, why is it doing this? Yeah, who knows? I mean, the largest block of voters are, I don't know, I haven't decided yet. And that's an interesting thing that they, they, that even though they have all the advantages, both the institutions of how the electoral districts are drawn, what kind of people can vote in them, all the, the machinery favors the LDP. Mm -hmm. The poll numbers favor the LDP, and yet they're still reaching out to out, whether otherwise marginalized groups in society mm -hmm. and bringing them in. now. Maybe they've, they have seen that Japan actually is going to be a better country if these marginal groups are brought in. Or maybe they're just being cynical and just trying to cover all the bases prior to the election. I'm, it's really hard for me to say. Well, a couple of weeks ago in, in our programs, we were talking about, is there going to be a double election? Is there not going to be a double election? What's going on with the cabinet? What are the scandals doing? And now we're not talking about that. In fact, the opportunity to have a double election is probably out the window. It won't happen. It will be a single election for the upper house around July 10th, maybe the 17th. And in anticipation of that, this reaching out to the, these desperate groups seems to be a tactic in anticipation of they're going to be challenged uh, in, this, in this race. Okay, it, traditionally in the proportional list, and that's what we're talking about for the House of Counselors, the LDP has always put parts of its machine, that there's going to be a candidate for the postmasters, there's going to be a candidate for Nokio, the Japan agriculture, there's going to be one for small businesses, right. there's going to be one for the, the we doctors. Talked we this talked last about week. this But now they're, they're doing a second wave, which is of the marginalized. Mm -hmm. And we had the biggest catch was yesterday uh, with Otodake uh, Hirotada, a very famous disabled act activist and writer, uh, has seemingly agreed to be one of the LDP's candidates mm -hmm. on its proportional list. He is the poster person for the disabled in Japan. He, he has no arms or legs. He's, he's, he has a wonderfully titled autobiography. At least the English title is perfect. It, it, it's called Nobody's Perfect. Okay. What a wonderful, wonderful, you know, self, uh, self, supporting view, you know, well, nobody's perfect. I don't have any arms and legs, but nobody's perfect. Right. What a great self-deprecating line. And they have seemingly got him. It's, it's simply 
unprecedented, but it is a, there is a pattern of behavior. We, I mean, we had Imai Eriko, the, the singer from Speed, who herself has a disabled child, and that fits into that narrative as well. All of these people are being brought in as candidates mm -hmm. for to, I guess, realize and make visible the government government's th new th three arrows. Right. Remember, well, it's, it's called dynamically engaging all the citizens. At least in English, it's called that. Mm -hmm. Right. And all the citizens seems to mean all of them: the women, the elderly, the, and until now, the otherwise marginal populations of of the handicapped. Mm -hmm. I mean, the handicapped on their own have been trying to do it in a legal way. There's a difference between the politics and, 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 and the legality of it. The, currently, Japan does not have the equivalent of what America has, which is a mandate, a mandatory requirement to include the, the disabled in society. Right. Like the America has with its ADA, the Americans with Disability Act. That kind of act is currently in the diet for the, the Japanese version of it. And disabled activists have been pushing very hard for it. And uh, just recently, last week, the deaf managed to get all of Japan's... With the sign language. With the sign language. Right. They managed to get all of Japan's municipalities as voting all their assemblies, which was 1,741. That's a, that shows real organization. 1,741 municipalities, all of Japan's municipalities, have voted saying that sign language is a language and deserves special treatment. Mm -hmm. That's putting a lot of pressure on the government to pass this, this Disabilities Act, which, seeing how it's played out in other countries, has, has both positives and negatives. Well, this Disability Act deliberation will go into the next session, the next uh, 2017 session, which starts in after April, right? Well, the, the disabled really want it now. Sure. And I guess you could also you can see sort of Otodake's appointment as sort of a a, a sweetener for we're going to put, be putting this off mm -hmm. because uh, it's uh, it's that's a cynical view, I'm sure. But nevertheless, you see, okay, we're not going to go for the act this diet session. But here you'll have your own representative, and that's the way they've always worked. You sure, know? everybody gets a representative through the proportional list. Okay. Well, we talked about the the kind of unique aspects of the upper house election, the proportional representation, and this kind of attracts people who have a, a national appeal: writers, right. sports um, figures, figures, right. you know, uh, movie stars, that sort of thing. And um, I think it's it's really a, a you know putting rubber where it's it matters for, for the prime minister because he is reaching out. He is trying to dynamically engage. But I think they're not really running a lot of due diligence on some of the candidates that they're surfacing as fitting, you know, for example, female, a disabled child, a great song writer. And, uh, oh, you're talking about Imai Eriko, yes. Yes. So okay. it looks like she's fallen out because they didn't quite do the due diligence, but they're really trying to, to, to feed this pipeline. Well, they have... Uh, Okay, again, they don't have to do these things, but they're doing them anyway. So, well, But that's a signal, isn't it? That really is a signal that, that we should watch because it tells us things about what their psychology is and how, they, how secure they feel about where they're going to be in July 10th. But the thing is, the, the, when you have everybody on your team, 
I mean, if, you, if you're completely inclusive as a party, you're the biggest tent of all because everybody's underneath it, then what, what is your goal? What is your purpose? Where are you going with that? Mm-hmm. Weber said that the duty of the politician is to fight. If everybody's your friend, you're not fighting anyone. Everybody gets served. There's no sacrifice of certain persons or groups or businesses. or Everybody gets served. And sure, if, the, if you can continue borrowing money forever, or stealing from the future, mm-hmm. okay, fine. But that's not, there's going to be a day of reckoning. Right. And there is no way I sense in the current LDP any sense of a day of reckoning. And that for me is, is disturbing. Okay, so here we are now today. The election for the upper house, it will occur by law. And by law, July 10th, we're looking at July 10th because the law that allows 18 and 19 year olds to vote will not come into play until the end of June. Then we go into the House of Council's okay. election. Okay, what do you think? We are no longer gonna be focusing on a double election. Do you agree? I agree. Okay. Also, I think the Prime Minister is not setting his sights on two-thirds majority in the upper house either. I don't think he is. I've, I'm on record as saying that that's actually not the goal, but you, you probably noticed that's the only thing he talks about, constitutional revision. And he's just been pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And interestingly, our friend Shimomura-san, Shimomura Hakabum, has gone on record as saying, you know, this isn't really a smart tactic if you want to really dominate in the House of Councillors because it's pushing people together, the communists and the DPJ and everyone, into common cause against the government. And mm-hmm. it's giving people pause. And the government's ratings, at least in the popularity polls, are going down again. Mm-hmm. And that people are getting frightened by this obsession, seemingly, maybe, of the prime ministers about constitutional revision. But as we have discussed, we don't think that the two-thirds is a real goal. Right. It's, I think it's, it's, just, it's just PR. Right. And instead, what we're looking at is a, a, a secret plan to keep the Komeito on board through the election because they think, okay, we're absolutely necessary. Our seats in the Diet are necessary for the two-thirds majorities. If they ever get a sense that, you know, the LDP is not actually going after the two-thirds. Mr. Abe, he talks about it, but it's not real. If they ever get that, then they're then their votes, which are so crucial in the districts for the LDP, they are really the, the force behind the LDP in the district vote. They could evaporate away in a moment. And the LDP and Mr. Abe want to prevent that. One thing we can anticipate is that after the House of Councillors elections, there'll be a shuffling of the cabinet, new members will come up, probably there'll be a realignment with Komeito receiving maybe a couple of more seats on the cabinet. I don't think the Komeito will get any more seats than the one they've ever they've always had. I think that that's they've been comfortable with that, and that the coalition will go on. Uh, yes, we're going to have to have a new cabinet because of the, 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 the there is going to be a a a change in the relative parties of the powers of the parties inside the coalition. Right. And if there is a coalition that is formed in order to work on constitutional revision, there will have to be a third party. Osaka no Ishin, that's brought in to the ruling coalition mm-hmm. in order to affect this change. So we're looking at a brand new team right. when it comes 
August or so. Well, in any event, the prime minister needs that opportunity to change it up because there are so many people in a pecking order that deserve a ministerial portfolio. Right, but he's, he's stiffed them so far. He's stiffed them pretty good, and there's no reason to, to believe that he won't stiff them again. Maybe so. But, you know, the way that this administration manages the uh, the cabinet and personnel has, in general has been, has been masterful yeah. and uh, recently maybe some people will take uh, issue with this but recently you see some of the ministers being more public Shiozaki last night was on TV promoting health care and a, a really a, a big issue on, on the nightly news maybe a 15 minute block which is a considerable amount of time so they are pushing this out reaching out to different groups to try and reach this, uh, this inclusion. And there certainly, you, you have to say, without the election, they'd be going for legislation. Sure. They're not going for legislation. They did submit the TPP legislation, all 11 laws that they were going to do. Uh, it doesn't really have an advocate. It doesn't have a defender in the cabinet. But in order to maintain the appearance that we're moving forward, right. they've submitted those bills. They're gonna submit a few more on other subjects. and. Boom, we're the effective, we're, we're like business executives, we see a problem, we execute, we get it done by the, the due date, we're in charge, vote for us. Before we wrap this up, let's talk about the implementation of the increase in the consumption tax from 8% to 10%. We had said earlier that if there was a double election, there was a likelihood that the prime minister would say, let's push that off until next year, let's keep it at 8%, don't you love me? Vote for us. Mm -hmm. I don't think that dynamic really exists anymore. Right. The, the new GDP figures came out this week. They're less bad than the original estimates. Right. So there's a, a slight lessening of pressure. And there's people are still trying to figure out what the negative interest rate is going to do in, that was imposed by the BOJ, mm -hmm. the Bank of Japan. All these things are in flux and for Mr. Abe to come forward with this basic, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I can't raise the consumption tax, I need to put it off another time. I, I, don't, I don't see the dynamic in that regard. Well, nothing is free in this world, and if he did that, there would be repercussions. His finance minister would really go ballistic. They've already guided the, the economy based on this increase to 10%, and the friction between the prime minister and the vice prime minister might become a little bit more visible than it normally is. Well, we, what we've seen certainly is reaction in the markets to the negative interest rates, that people just did not think through what could be the possible repercussions. Right. And globally, the imposition of the negative interest rates rippled throughout the world's markets and absolutely shuddered and, and, and absolutely shook people's confidence in government debt mm -hmm. and the ability of governments to manage their finances. And I'm sure that Mr. Kuroda has been hearing from central bankers all over the world some very, very unpleasant ex expressions of surprise. The governor of the Bank of Japan handpicked by Mr. Abe. Um, by Mr. Mr. Abe to put, basically do everything that Mr. Abe and his administration He's wants. catching a lot of heat these days, isn't He's he? He's catching a lot of heat. And, and for not giving the markets any sense that, in fact, being duplicitous, saying I'm not thinking about negative interest rates, and then imposing them. Right. That you know that has really had some repercussions. And and while the initial government reaction was, yeah, well, that makes sense. They're starting to see that it has 
knockoff effects where they didn't even imagine it. For right. example, for the privatization of Japan Post, the, 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 the bank. That was, that's a marquee. Biggest bank in the world. Biggest bank in the world. A marquee policy of this administration, privatization. Let's bring in private investors, have them invest in Japan Post. This, they had the, the huge IPO. All those people are now underwater. Why? Because the Japan Post's major asset is Japanese government bonds, mm -hmm. which now are an asset with whose ability to, to pay anything is suspect. Mm -hmm. That has absolutely hammered those shares. And no one ever thought about the connections right. that lie between things. So Mr. Abe and his team have to be thinking, wow, if we don't go through with this raising of the, of the consumption tax, what are the knockoff effects? Right. We didn't anticipate at all negative interest rates, and they're, they're still just, the ripples are going out in all directions. Mm -hmm. We really have to be careful about this, and I, I think that this is the first time, really, that we have had a, a sea change within the, the, the administration, that they've pushed the accelerator pedal as far as it can go, and that anything they do from now on can have negative effects just as much as the positive ones that they can foresee. Right. Thank you very much for that, Michael. You know, a lot of times the issues that we talk about seem disjointed, but they all make sense. There's an awful lot going on. Every week we upload a podcast, several podcasts, because the issues are moving very quickly. You need to stay on top of that. We're watching it for you. Please continue to stay tuned.